Hello, Monetization Nation. Welcome back to another episode of Monetization Nation with Jim Stern. In the last episode, we talked about the importance of passion marketing and value-based pricing and machine learning. In the second episode, we're going to review successful ways to use metrics to drive growth in our businesses. Tectonic shifts are constantly transforming the earth and business, causing destruction and huge growth opportunities. I'm Nathan William, the host of Monetization Nation, where we learn how to leverage business tectonic shifts to transform monetization. Why does the entrepreneur really need digital analytics? You're going to spend money on marketing. Is it working? You need metrics to find out if it works. It is, it is that simple. Um, whether you're measuring your magazine ads or your television ads or your radio ads or your inner ads or your email marketing or your media, you're going to spend resources making it happen. You need to know if it's working. Yeah. What are the most important metrics for a company to measure to know whether things are working? So that there's, there's the long-term answer and the how do you get there question. The long-term answer is customer lifetime value. So I am selling these widgets to these people. Is this a profitable widget? Well, in some cases, yes. In some cases, no. Should I change it so it's more profitable? Should I charge more money for it or make it out of cheaper materials? This service, am I, am I overselling myself and I end up spending too many hours delivering? Or is it, am I getting, uh, do I have good margins on that? And right. what about to these people? Um, you know, one, one of the two by three X questions is, um, which are your profitable customers? It's like, well, how do I know? Well, you need to put a process together to figure out which of your customers are profitable. And then guess what? Some percent of them are not. They take up too much customer service time. They send too many returns. They cause too much trouble. They end up being not profitable. Guess what? Fire them. Oh, I can't do that. They're our, they're our best customer. No, they're not. Well, they're our biggest customer. Even worse, you're losing more money on your biggest Paying customer. them to be your customer. It's not worth it. Get rid. Guess what? You should take those customers and force them on your competition. Let them pay for them. Yeah. So, so selling these things to these people, um, is it a profitable relationship? So customer lifetime value is, is the end. Getting there is tough. And, and then you break all the way to the absolute current moment of I'm about to send out 10,000 emails, and I'm going to spend some money to do that, to make sure it's proper, and that they are received and not blocked by spam, and that they meet all of the governmental requirements, and they're formatted beautifully, and I've got a, got a good landing page. How do I measure whether or not it's working? So just measuring the, the tactical opens, click-throughs, landing page, engagement, and of course, sales. Did they buy anything? Yeah. So in the growth hacking world, they talk a lot about your North Star metric, where mm -hmm. you, you pick one metric that 
and you, and you make all your decisions based on that metric. Before that, you heard a lot of people talking about their KPIs or their key performance indicators. Uh, I remember when I did a lot of work for Azul Airlines, a new airline that started the it was started by David Nealman, who started JetBlue, and, and then I helped him start this Brazilian airline. And um, it was so cool because he was very good at KPIs. He was very good at staying focused on, on these. And they had two KPIs. One was the cost per seat flown, and one was the revenue per seat flown. And so they had two KPIs, and they made their decisions based on those two metrics. And it was it was really cool because... Um, like I remember when I worked for them, I, I would travel back, back and forth from Brazil and spend about half of my time down there in, in Campinas and, um, sorry, in Alphaville. And, uh, and the front of their building was purple. The name of their company was blue. Azul means blue and their building was purple, but, but the color of their building did not affect either of those KPIs. And so they kept the front of their building purple. And uh, as another example, they, um, they were trying to decide what material to use on their seats, right? And you could have spent a lot more money, spent a lot less money. And they said, okay, how does this decision affect our KPIs? Well, if we do nice premium leather seats, it's going to help us sell for more money per seat flown, but it does not affect our cost per seat flown because it's a one-time cost. So they went with the premium leather seats, right? Um, or, or as another example, they were, they were trying to decide, should we put entertainment in the flight, right? And they realized, you know, that's a, that increases our revenue that we can charge per seat flown. And it, it only marginally increases the cost per seat flown. Um, so we, we put premium entertainment in our seat. So it really shaped so many different decisions that they made as an organization because they clearly identified those two KPIs and disciplined themselves to really make decisions around those two KPIs. Can you talk to me a little bit about why KPIs are so important and, and maybe some examples that you've seen, an example you've seen of, of a company that's used KPIs really well or North Star metrics really well? Um, so my North Star net metric without knowing any business is customer lifetime value. Okay, yep. so it has to do with what's the cost of the product and how much are we charging for it? And are we attracting people who are coming back? Because everybody knows it's easier to sell to somebody you are than go out and find a new person. Yep. Um, when correct KPIs, they are absolutely crucial to having everybody in the company be aligned to doing the right stuff and, and decisions on their own. The, the glory of a good cape is that it pushes down to the front line. When a flight attendant can say, I spilled coffee on you, I'm so sorry. Here is a $20 voucher so that you can get dry cleaning done on your suit and here's an apology letter and they can decide to hand those things out, the customer ends up happier, which by the way, a crucial KPI for satisfaction. Yeah. Do customers care if there are leather seats and entertainment? And yeah, they do. Yeah. But you need to measure that because over time it changed because today 
customers don't care if there's an entertainment because everybody has their own phone, iPad, they, they carry their own entertainment with them. So it doesn't matter anymore. So it's not, we are going to have premier entertainment as the KPI. It's how does it impact our customers and it's cost per seat and profit okay. per seat, but customer satisfaction, which changes. So yeah. having good KPIs means that you are flexible and you can change over time. That's right. Um, the, the worst KPIs are when there are too many of them. I mean, just, it's, yes. it's overwhelming. We want to measure everything. No, you don't. You have, you have performance indicators, but they are not key performance indicators. They help you move. If we have more opens and better landing page and faster customer service response, that will feed into customer satisfaction better. We will better customer experience. And that's terrific. If that, and, and that's our KPI, not all the little nits that um, can get, can create conflict in an organization. My KPI is to get more people to open the emails. And eventually I learned that the best way to get people to open emails is to have a subject line that says, we have your children. If you ever want to see them again, click here. That's not going to help the business, but my KPI, oh yeah, I hit my numbers. They opened all the emails. I'm a winner. So you've got to truly align your metric, metrics with your, your highest priorities as an organization. So they can't be gamed. So I'm looking at gross profit. I mean, I, I, want, I want to have revenue as high as I can get, but I want my margins to be as high as possible so that gross profit is there. That is a key performance indicator. Customer satisfaction is a key performance indicator. Guess what? Employee satisfaction matters immensely because if people come into a company and they're, they have to be there for their paycheck and they grudgingly do the work, guess what? Customer satisfaction is going to go to hell in a handbasket. Yep. So are my customers happy? Are my employees happy? Am I making money? That's, that's kind of, that's it really. Yeah. There are three. Well, okay. There's four. Um, make more, spend less, right? Everybody wants to make more money. Number two, spend less money. Number three, increase customer satisfaction. And number four, improve capability. Like we will invest in better machines so we can build our widgets faster. We're going to invest in employees so we can write our code faster. But are we making money? Are we saving money? Are we making our customers happy? Are we making our employees happy? That's kind of every business in the world should measure those things. I love how you simplify that. So you talked about the biggest mistake being trying to measure too many things. And, hmm. and when you try to measure everything, you're measuring nothing. I, I completely agree. I've, I've been guilty of that before. <laughs> um, what other big mistakes uh, have you seen? What are some of the biggest mistakes you've seen businesses make in regard to their data analytics? Um, analysts who do not know how to communicate to the business side of the house. Um, an analyst spends their time data mining in the coal mine, hacking away at the data and wrangling it so that it will 
be in the right configuration so that they can do an analysis. And then they come up with an insight. It's like, I did all of this really hard work. I'll tell you all about how hard it was to do what I did. And everybody else in the company is going, I don't care. That's your job. That's why we hired you. It, like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry that the, uh, the ravine that you had to build a bridge over was deeper than you thought. I'm sorry that you built on quicksand and you had to reroute so that it's on firm ground. Your job was to build the road. What I want to know is, can I drive 60 miles an hour now, please? And do you have any ideas for me to help improve these roads? And if the analyst says, let me tell you all about the materials that go in and how hard it was to get the labor to do it. Like, no, I don't care. If the analyst comes back and says, well, you know, we've got that one turn in the road. And if we bank it at four degrees, then you don't have to slow down when you go around that corner. It's like, oh, yeah, that's great. Thank you. I have a hypothesis that we will sell more stuff if we make it easier for people to buy. And I, I think the data suggests it, that there are friction in these areas. So I recommend we spend some design time improving and lowering the friction in these three areas and that will increase, increase sales. And I have a way we can test it before we invest too much money would that be okay with you? Yeah, please go test that thing. Go find out. Terrific. The yeah. analyst needs to be on the business side more than on the data side. Okay. What are the best free data analytics tools? Google Analytics. Yeah. It's, it's the one everybody knows. You can learn how to use it for free. You can, yeah. Um, and, and when you want to get sophisticated, you can hire consultants who really know how to make it sing. And... You can then upgrade when your company is large enough. You can upgrade to the paid version, which does even more stuff, at which point, hey, maybe you need Adobe Analytics instead, or maybe you look at some other third party. Um, there's, there's ways to start off really simply and then, and then gear up as you get more sophisticated and you need more help. So when a CEO or entrepreneur needs more than what Google Analytics can do, are there any additional tools or platforms, the next steps, other than Adobe Analytics, what, what are some additional tools you might recommend? Um, there are a variety of tools. Um, there, are, there are tools that will help you make sure that your data is collected properly. And there are tools that will help you manage your data better. Because remember, Adobe and Google, they're collecting data for this purpose of digital analytics. But there's a lot of other tools you're using that are collecting different kinds of data, um, like your email marketing or your social media or your call center calls. And you wanna bring all those together. And now we need a way to integrate those. There, there are ways of taking that data and putting it into Adobe or putting it into Google Analytics or Google BigQuery. Um, now we're into the realm of data science. And that's where you know there's not a, first you do this and then this and then this. It is absolutely an it depends question um, yeah. what, you know, what, what should we measure? Well, that depends. What are you trying to accomplish? Okay. Uh, were there any questions you wanted me to ask that I did not ask? No, I'm, I'm a happy camper. I had a lot more I wanted to ask, but we're out of time here. Um, if our audience enjoyed this interview and they would like to connect with you or your organization, what are the best ways for them to do that? Uh, easiest is, uh, 
I've named my consultancy Target Marketing, and it is targeting.com. And that's where you can find me and links to my Marketing Analytics Summit, links to my books, links to my consultancy. Um, targeting.com is the best way to find me on and in Twitter and all that stuff. Thank you so much, Jim, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. Here are some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, COVID-19 has caused a tectonic shift. It has forced businesses to become more personalized. A great way to do this is through metrics. Number two, we need to match our metrics with our business goals. Number three, key performance indicators or KPIs should be used for making decisions and setting priorities company-wide. Number four, our metrics must be clear and measurable. Number five, we need to turn our data into insights and then communicate those quickly and effectively to all stakeholders. If you enjoyed this interview and want to learn more about Jim or connect with him, you can find him on LinkedIn or his website targeting.com. And there's a link to both of those sites on the blog post for this episode. So do you want to be a better digital monetizer? Did you like today's episode? then please follow these channels to receive free digital monetization content. Number one, you can get a free monetization assessment of your business and subscribe to the free monetization e-magazine at monetizationnation.com. Number two, you can subscribe to the Monetization Nation podcast and YouTube channel. And number three, please follow Monetization Nation on Instagram and Twitter. What are the KPIs of your business? Please join our private Monetization Nation Facebook group and share your insights with other digital monetizers. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wish you success in your efforts to use metrics to drive the growth of your business. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.